welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Gigi Stankiewicz grew up in Rhode Island and moved to New York City to pursue her art career. She attended the Community College of Rhode Island, where she received an Associate of Fine Arts degree. To continue her art studies, Gigi headed to the School of the Museum of Fine Arts at Tufts University in Boston, Massachusetts, where she earned a combined degree, a Bachelor of Fine Arts and Bachelor of Science in Art Education. Gigi completed her art studies by achieving a Master of Fine Arts degree at the Rhode Island School of Design in Providence, Rhode Island. In addition to her art practice, she served as a high school art teacher for the New York City Department of Education. Gigi has co-founded artist-run organizations, Sonia, which is South of the Navy Yard Artists in Brooklyn, New York, and WBA, which is the West Branch Artists in Walton, New York, and has served on their events committees, assisting in all phases of planning and organizing community art walks and art exhibitions for local artists. Gigi Stankiewicz is the recipient of the 2023 Delaware County Individual Artist Grant, a re-grant program of the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of the Governor and the New York Legislature and administered in Delaware County by the Roxbury Arts Group. This funding is making it possible for Gigi to create her project, Patchwork Landscape, a new body of work inspired by the local nature and ecology of Delaware County, New York. The artwork will be exhibited with an artist talk at the Walton Theatre Parlor Gallery in Walton, New York in October 2023. The exhibition dates are October 7th through November 5th, 2023. Gigi lives in Delaware County, New York, and her studio and art gallery are in Delhi, New York. Hi, Gigi. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you this afternoon? I'm great, Tash. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, so we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. Um, so I read you were born in Hartford, Connecticut and your parents were from Rhode Island and actually moved back to Rhode Island a year after you were born. How was that for you, and why did they move back to Rhode Island? Um, well, I was a year old, so I, I don't remember that far back, but I know um, my father had a, you know, a job that he worked at for basically a year, and I guess he... he decided that um, I guess they wanted to, you know, they didn't have any family where they were in Connecticut, and all mm-hmm. the families in Rhode Island. So oh. I guess he gave it a try and it didn't work out. So they moved back. Um, the That's other thing, he, I know he, um, he may have gotten a job offer, uh, you know, working for the fire department, which, oh. you know, at the time, you know, he you know, went to high school, you know, did not do any continuing education. So, you know, that, kind of opportunity coming like you know working for the city oh, okay. was a great opportunity okay so I'm sure that that was the impetus for him moving back so what was it back. like for you growing up in Rhode Island I loved it I mm. mean c- compared to where I am now I mean it was I just rem- I just remember the ocean like growing up near the ocean being near the water Mm. um I've, I've just always been drawn to like being outside and oh, you know my right. memories are like going to the beaches in Newport uh-huh. and um swimming boating oh wow um yeah that's awesome 
So, okay, so I also read that your parents married very young, and unfortunately their marriage didn't last. How long were they together? They were together for about nine years. Okay. So, okay. yeah, they were they pretty much married right from high school. Oh, wow. And, okay. Um, yeah, I'm first born. Um, they, you know, they had two more children. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by the time my mom was in her late 20s, it just, you know, it just didn't work out. Okay. And uh, so, okay. so the, you know, the marriage ended. So, and then your father remarried, and your mom raised you and your siblings as a single parent. How did yes. that, how did that impact your view on relationships? And do you have a relationship with your father? I do. I, oh, ha- I have a great relationship with my dad. Um, it really, I, I believe, impacted me where, um, you know, the decisions I made, like, you know, seeing myself as like imagining my my mom being in my mom's shoes where she she was a woman mm-hmm. um not really having a career and then all of a sudden you know three children wow. on her own uh-huh. you know trying to figure out how to survive um I, I just i just wanted to make different decisions different mm-hmm. choices mm-hmm. you know like learning from her right um i i you know, I, I think it's amazing mm. that, you know, she she did what she did. Yeah. Um, so that impacted me where it was really important for me to, you know, like get an education, mm-hmm. go to college, mm-hmm. be independent, be yeah. self-sufficient. Right. Um, not have children at a young age, like really right. pursue my dream. Mm-hmm. Um before I, you know, brought children into the world. That's awesome. Well, okay, so um, I read that your mom at some point was a hairdresser. Your grandmother excelled in culinary and fine arts. Your grandfather was a self-made, self-taught man. And I also read that your grandfather wrote as an, worked as an accessory designer, accessories designer, and became a supervisor of the company. But what I found interesting was that in his teens, he got a scholarship to the Rhode Island School of Design, but decided not to go. Um, were you told why he decided not to go there? I, um, I believe that, you know, he started working at a very young age. And mm-hmm. I and I believe, like, he just kind of, like, entered the working world to, like, help support his family, ah. his parents and his siblings. Wow. So, you know, like, the time, like, those times were really different. Yeah. And, yeah. um... And also, I've seen, like, in his time that you could get, like, a high school education, or I'm not even sure if he finished high school, Mm. and then, like, sort of apprentice and learn skills on a job and have mobility, like, within a job, which is now very different than today. Yeah. Wow. So how did their work ethic affect the way you work? um, My, what I most remember about my grandparents um, are like routines. I mean, I can still to this day, mm. like, like my, my grandfather had his routines and, and they, you know, very much were like my, I, I would say like my surrogate parents, mm-hmm. you know, having, um, I, I look to them more as like my, my parents and I did live with my grandparents, you know, from my mid teens, oh. you know, onward. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, I just remember like they both were they both worked. Mm-hmm. Um, they 
home, you know, home was very important. Um, my grandfather loved landscaping. So I, I mean, I, I could see where there was creativity around me, like, mm-hmm. which was just seems to be part of the normal. Right. Um, his, his yard was just amazing. Mm. Um, you know, and my grandma had her routines. Um, uh-huh. she was amazing at cooking and baking and knitting and crocheting. Wow. Um, I, I remember her like making slippers or like oh. Afghans and a huh. sweater that I still have that I still like cherish to this day. Um, huh. so, so I feel like the, the daily routines, um, were real, like were really important and gave me a sense of security mm-hmm. um because you know like having you know having your parents you know that the relationship and like you know that's that's an upset you know that right. inconsistency yeah um in life so uh mm. it was really great that I got it somewhere you know I yeah. got it from my grandparents that's really cool yeah I I read that um you have a connection with Canada because of your maternal grandmother and then that I I also read that she would take a seven-hour drive and make it in six hours and did this until she was in her 70s with you in tow. So, I mean, that's yeah. pretty That's pretty badass. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's pretty amazing. My, yeah, she had, a, she had a lead foot. Oh, that's awesome. See, when she, it was like going home. Like, I'm going home. <laughs> wow. And we would wake up early. Like, we would wake up early, like, six. Like, we were in the car at 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my gosh. To, on that drive to... Uh-huh. Uh, Granby, Canada, which is, uh, you know, like Sherbrooke, and it's about 50 miles from Montreal. Oh, wow. Um, And I just would love that journey. I mean, we would stop once. (laughs) Jeez. Um, Well, actually, maybe two times, because we had to stop at the border. Okay. And then, you know, and then we'd go to, like, we'd go to my aunt's house. uh, Like, my grandma, her brother still lived in Canada, so it was like we would go to his house you know, his oh. wife and she and they had they had a, a big family that's so, awesome that's really cool yeah. and so I also read that you had an opportunity to live in Canada for a few summers in your teens what was that like for you I mean not being in Rhode Island and having to live in in you know in a separate country in a different country yeah um I I loved it I mean uh, the cousin that I stayed with, um, he had a, he was actually my, my grand, my grandmother's godson. Um, his daughter was learning English. So mm-hmm. I, I would go, like, I spent about three summers there mm-hmm. with my cousin, Isabel, um, just like speaking English, which would help her increase mm-hmm. her English. And I, in turn, you know, I was learning French in school, even though it was Parisian French, mm-hmm. you know, I was increasing my French, um. And just like the landscape I love. And mm. my cousins had horses and that's my other passion. So mm. I think like being able to you know, ride and just be in the beautiful landscape. Yeah. Um, and in a world and in an environment that was just totally different from where I grew up. Right. Yeah. It was exciting. And and even just the journey like traveling there was exciting Aww. for me. That's so cool. Okay, so so you went to Rhode Island to Rhode Island Community College and received an associate degree in fine arts, then went to the School of Museum of Fine Arts at, at Tufts University and achieved a bachelor's degree of art and arts education 
and then you completed your art education at Rhode Island School of Design and achieved a Master of Fine Arts degree. So amazing accomplishments. I mean, was your goal to pursue art as an artist or as an art educator? My goal was to pursue art mm-hmm. and and get, you know, having the education degree was a backup, ah, um, which, okay. which actually helped me out. Yeah. Um, just because like I, you know, the idea of like being a visual artist and making artwork, um, I, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, that's, that's like very unpredictable yeah. income. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea of just having like a, a, you know, a backup teaching degree gave me more choices. I didn't mm. know if I was going to use it you right. know, at the time, right? but you know, it was, it was there, Yeah. Um, which I ended, you know, I ended up not right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I did, I did do a few other things, you know, while I was making art, you know, for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just found myself just trying it out. Yeah. And 27 years later. I uh, know. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you are a visual artist. Um, and But before you really decided to pursue your art full time, you were an art educator for 27 years. You just retired. Yes, um, I did. <laughs> so what, you know what, I mean, you already said this. I mean, I know part of it was so you would have a backup. You know, that's why you turned to education. Um, but what drew you besides that to education to become an art teacher? Um Oh, that's such a great question, Tess. Um, I, you know, if if I'm to like look back in hindsight, mm-hmm. um, and I know we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, when I was in school, I I knew I was creative, but I didn't have access to art. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't have art classes. I didn't really, I, I didn't really find myself like seriously pursuing art until like I happened to take like an elective class. Wow. at community college uh-huh. and I was I was in a liberal arts program and at that point I go well you know this isn't easy and I was really engaged and I said I want to I want to pursue this and that's where I I made that shift of realizing that I could be an artist mm-hmm. I could um as a career as yeah. some you know something to pursue right. but prior to that like it, I just had no awareness I mean even though um as a child like my mom had recognized that I was creative and I had you know abilities and Mm -hmm. she she, you know fortunately for her she put me in some Saturday art classes at the Rhode Island School of Design how cool yeah and I did that probably for about three years I did you know I took figure drawing and this was at like the age of seven and eight when I took figure drawing and then I remember taking a nature drawing class and that I loved I wow. loved being in the nature the nature lab like choosing objects to draw huh. um but other than that like having that access to mm-hmm. an art making experience out you know like outside of my out of school mm-hmm. um I just I just had I just didn't know yeah that that was a choice for me so I think somewhere mm-hmm. I realized that it was important yeah. to like, to, like being aware of how I feel like that I could, you know, had I had exposure to it in school, I may have come upon it sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
I just thought like, I just think that somewhere was um, maybe like a motivator for right. me to think, you know, to think about teaching more, more in a giving way. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, until like, like I sorted out like the art, you know, like the, like while I'm making art and mm-hmm. sort of navigating myself in the art world mm-hmm. that I would also, you know, tap into, you know, the teaching part and um connecting you know and just finding a way of connecting with the youth with children wow. and their creativity that's really um, awesome hmm. well okay so prior to moving to really finding out that you wanted to pursue art full-time you lived in europe for two and a half months is that right um i did. two and a half months and then that was after you graduated and then that was what propelled you to move to New York City? Sort of. Um, (laughs) What happened? Sort sort of. Okay. Uh, What happened is um, while I was in graduate school, um, it was sort of like in the summer in between like my first and second year of graduate school. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I back it up a little bit, like I had an experience where I, I traveled and I met some and it was just like going out like I went to Key West for like mm-hmm. two weeks just like a kind of like a, a uh, I had like a, a friend there and I had a place to stay so it was like my first sort of venture of like going off on myself mm-hmm. and that was like Key West mm-hmm. and while there um I I ended up like I didn't end up working out staying with the friend mm-hmm. and I and I had met someone like during that visit that sort of steered me in the direction of staying at a youth hostel mm-hmm. and I didn't know what that was <laughs> at the time and uh-huh. so like you know it's like hearing in Key West this isn't working out with this friend I need to find a place to stay and it was like survival mode mm. like all of a sudden adapting to like this is my here and now this mm-hmm. is my life here and now and I've mm-hmm. got to sort of survive find a place to stay and um, so there was a youth hostel there and I did that. And while I had that experience of staying there, like I met people like, who were tra- like from Europe that like were traveling mm-hmm. and, and they were like traveling as friends or, or maybe independently, but while in their travels, like they met each other. And so they would travel to the next destination together. Mm-hmm. And it just opened me up to this whole like world of, um, just like experiencing life mm. and traveling like before let's say getting committed to like a job right or or like putting putting like explore you know, like exploring or taking journeys like mm-hmm. you know like waiting to like when you have the money or like waiting waiting and right and and I just found like the people that I had met from Europe at that time mm-hmm. and we're you know, this was like, we're talking like the 90s, like mm-hmm. the early 90s. That mm-hmm. that it seemed like some of them, when they were different ages, like either there they were on holiday from their job or they had just finished high school. Mm-hmm. And before going off to college, they it, it was like almost like a gap year kind of thing. Yeah. Like they, they were just traveling uh-huh. before they, they, they just pursued, a ser- you know, something serious. Right. And that, it was just like a whole another way of thinking ah, and okay and so I had I had made a, a friend there uh-huh. and and somehow and, and 
the and the people I had met from Europe, I thought like, oh, that would be great to like tra- like travel to visit them. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I formed these these sort of friendships. Right. Um, and so that sort of gave me the sort of sort of planted like the seed or the idea that I'm going to travel to I'm going to travel to Europe. Mm. I've got to see the art. You know, I'm studying art. Right. And all I know is what I've seen in books. And I've got to I've got to go see the wow. actual art in person. I've got to go to these places. Uh-huh. Just, you know, I just have to do this if I'm serious about this. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it ended up, you know, moving on that. It didn't work out with me going with this friend, and I thought, well, I still have to do this. And I had, like, you know, I I had some college mates that like were like I had a new one that lived in Switzerland, and then I had met someone that lived in Sweden while I was in Florida. So it's mm. it was just very spontaneous, mm-hmm. and somehow it worked out. Oh, I cool. I remember waitressing. I remember saving money. Wow! I, I did the Eurorail pass. I, I you know I got the, um, you know I show I researched youth hospitals to stay at, mm-hmm. and I I went, wow. and it was the most freeing hmm. experience and greatest experience that I had, and that was like prior to even thinking about like moving to New York City. Mm. So this was while, so this was like my, after my first year of graduate school. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just the most amazing experience. And, and I can remember um, being, where was I? I was in, I was in Venice and I was thinking, and I wanted, and I was thinking about going to Florence and I remember being at the train station and, and the train coming for Rome. Mm. And in that moment, I said, like, "I'm going to Rome." Huh? I mean, that's awesome. It it was, and I can say like that was that was like the only like time in my life where I felt like just totally, just kind of just like free. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was just in awe of what I experienced culturally, mm. the art, you know, the art that I saw. Um, and it lasted for about two and a half months, and I, I came back mm-hmm. and, um, you know, sort of finished up graduate school. Mm-hmm. And and while in, in graduate school, there was someone that I had met, um, you know, a friend, mm-hmm. that she was moving to New York. And it, it was kind of like always like in the back of my mind. And, and, that, and it was like a huge decision because all my family was in Rhode Island. Nobody right. left. Yeah you know yeah generations there except you know like you know my mom's side where my grandmother from canada right but, you know yeah pretty much that was my base uh-huh. and and um when i was you know just thinking of myself as an artist and and also being abstraction mm-hmm. and at the time like you know rhode island has changed a whole lot in like 20 years 20 mm-hmm. plus years you know mm-hmm. when i was there um but I, I just didn't feel the support for the kind of art that I was making. Mm, and yeah. um, and like New York City, just you know, like knowing, uh, you know, the, sort of like the art, sort of the American history here of art, mm-hmm. um, just felt like the place I needed to be. Uh, okay. And I... Wow. That's so awesome. I um, and you know, and I knew I also had some friends that were 
that were living in Rhode Island that had been here that sort of shared stories with mm-hmm. me. And, and I actually had a friend. I mean, at the time, I didn't have a lot of money. You know, I just finished graduate school. You know, I have a, a friend that really supported me in going and that he loaned me $1,500 wow. to, move, to move to New York. That's amazing. And I worked a job for like two weeks at a gallery and I, I, and I basically got fired because I, mm. I, I looked the part, but I just couldn't play the part. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, like, I remember being here like two weeks, getting fired. Um, I'm actually a roommate with a friend from graduate school, like, uh, and I just remember like walking the streets and it was like November, I figured I got to find a job. And I ended up going with the Bloomingdale's, mm. got hired as holiday help and, um, did that for a while, did some other odd jobs for a while, but I always had that backup mm-hmm. teaching degree. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. So, like, I, I did the odd jobs in retail and, you know, even got to where I was an assistant manager. And, like, you know, mm. everything I did like, mm-hmm. was learning. Like, I learned skills. Right. And yeah. and then eventually, like, the hours, the pay wasn't good. And, mm-hmm. and the idea of teaching just became more and more attractive, like, while I was sorting out, you know, the artist's life. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I eventually... You know, started subbing and then hmm. got do a friend got a, a temporary position that led to a full time and that just sort of that was my foot in wow and and I taught art uh-huh. I, I started out in a middle school and then you know for about six years and then for like 21 years worked at a special education high school wow um, you know and in hindsight reflecting on that it was like there's so many skills that mm. I learned mm-hmm. and and I had wonderful experiences like just sort of working with the museums or through the education door mm-hmm. and working like with different artists and wow. um, in that capacity yeah uh, but you know now that I'm out of it right. you know, I realize how much energy I gave to that so so it was a struggle to balance yeah my own art making practice Right. Yeah. The teaching. I I was able to, to, I think, successfully do it for about 10 years. But then, like, you know, I'd say the last 10 years, it was a real Mm. struggle. So when the opportunity came that, you know, I had the the time in and Mm -hmm. um, I I just sort of, like, got to the place that, like, I I just need to go. I've got to go. You know, I've got to pursue, you know, what I came here to do. Right. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of that, um, what artists or artwork, you know, inspires you to create your art? Mm. It's funny when I, I have a list. I, have, <laughs> you know, and it, <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I, you know, and I make an effort. I am really looking at women artists. Cool. Um, That's awesome. And, and even like sort of like going, you know, so history because you know, women, there were always women artists. Oh, they yeah. just weren't recognized. Yep, exactly. Um, and and I'm either drawn for them for, like, the kind of work they did or mm-hmm. their process or, like, their pioneering spirit. Right. Yeah. So, and and depending on, like, on what I'm, like, working on in my work, like, I, I keep, like, books around me so I can say, like, you would come in my studio. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you'll see... Uh, 
George O'Keefe, Joan Snyder, Mm -hmm. Joan Mitchell, Louise Bourgeois. Like, I have these books around me. Um, And and some artists that, like, I'm, that that I sort of really kind of peaked me lately Mm -hmm. is Pat Steer, um, Alice Neal. Lois God, and I mean for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Nancy Holt. I mean, and and all their work's very different, but mm-hmm. it's just that. Um, well, they speak to I you. I admire. Yeah. I admire their, you know, I admire their work. Mm-hmm. I I admire their their process and their dedication to mm-hmm. their work. Cool. Um, That's awesome, and well, okay, so. You all with that you were so you're living in New York City, and then you got involved with a community arts group called Sonia. Oh, so can yeah. you tell me what Sonia was about, and yeah. what is what what is that what is, what was it about that group that called to you? Well, at, the, um, at that time I was you know I was living in a community, um, I guess sort of like uh, just like downtown Brooklyn area. Uh, Quentin Hill, Bedford Stuyvesant, mm-hmm. and so you know myself and uh, two artist friends, um, and, it, and it kind of came about from another organization called Art in the Hill. Like we had, we had been involved in this other art organization that sort of put on an event that was performance art as well as visual, mm-hmm. but we just felt that the visual artists weren't really given enough attention it, mm. they felt more like like sort of like a backdrop right. and so we sort of like broke off and decided like we want we feel there's a need in our community mm-hmm. um, to give the local you know the visual artists here exposure and also like connect the community right. to the artists that are living here because you know it, it was right in the area right where like Pratt, Pratt is mm-hmm. And at that time, like there wasn't anything happening, let's say, for the local artists. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There had been, uh, let me see, the Brooklyn Water Front Artist Coalition that was happening over in Red Hook, I, I believe, over in Park Slope. There were events happening, mm-hmm. but it's like in our immediate area, there wasn't anything, and we felt that there was a need. And so myself and two uh, other artist friends, we co-founded this group mm-hmm. called uh, South of the Navy Yard Artist. Got it. And I would say it had, I would say for a good 10 years, you know, it we, we had annual studio uh, walks. We called it Studio Stroll. It, yeah. it then became a, an art walk. You know, at the time, most of the artists, in the community had their own spaces mm-hmm. either they were showing out of where they lived or they had studios as as sort of the neighborhood became more desirable right um it became more about where artists were showing not so much that they like if there was a, an exhibition space mm. um they didn't necessarily have their own like studios there okay so it, it had evolved and then um the neighborhood became very desirable and then other events started happening and there wasn't a need for it anymore ah. but you know and but that's okay i mm-hmm. mean i i felt like what the, the time was right for what we did and we and we achieved our mission mm-hmm. so oh. um yeah yeah i i, I feel yeah you know, 
I, I was it was really exciting to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also on the end of like organizing it, but also being being able to share my work as well. My yeah. work. I remember Sonia. I remember because we were um, already connected by then. So I remember when you used to have these art walks and it was really amazing. So, okay, and, um, and it's unfortunate because like you said, you know, over the years, other things have evolved. It's, it's evolved into something else, but you know, it had its time. So it was great at the time. So, okay. So in June, 2022, you decided to work on your art full time and opened up your studio art, your, your art yeah. studio called Gigi Stankiewicz and art lab. So what studio is your art lab? Yeah. Studio and art lab. So what is your goal for opening up your studio? Um, well, my, you know, it, my studio is that it's where I sort of, I create my work mm-hmm. and then I have an adjoining space that's like a gallery space. And, oh, cool. um, my idea is for that to be more of a collaborative space mm-hmm. where, you know, I may like also showcase my work and then the work of invitational artists. Ah. And that's like, that's the future I see of that space. And that's awesome. Um, and I'm, and I'm seeing like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of developing a project called uh, One Four One Space, and it'll be, and that'll be the project of Gigi's Art Lab, where oh. I will have invitational artists, you know, come in. And oh, that's so cool! Share their work. That's really neat. That's really really awesome. Okay, okay, so, so this one I really want to talk about as well because oh. so I found out. Um, that you're a descendant of Susan B. Anthony. Oh. Okay, Susan B. Anthony. First of all, that's a, that's yeah. incredible. Um, and were you told by your fam by family members that you're a descendant of Susan B. Anthony? I mean, and how did that affect the way you view women's roles in the world and in the art world? Yeah. Um. Well, my you know my my maiden name is Anthony, and uh, my mm. father had an uncle that researched um, the family tree mm-hmm. and actually, you know, created it in a book. And it, and it basically goes through, you know, the story of the Anthony family of when they came to this country. Mm. Um, and in it, that's where I discovered that as well as um, there's a visual artist called Gilbert Stewart. Mm-hmm. And Gilbert Stewart is uh, was an artist and he painted the portraits of Martha and George Washington. Uh-huh. Um, but Sue, I think Susan B. Anthony, you know, and I know there's, uh, when I like, and I know there's different viewpoints about her, mm-hmm. um, but you know, she was a suffragette. Yep. She was for mm-hmm. women having the right to vote. Yes. She never married. Mm-hmm. And I, and how I see her as uh you know, like definitely in her time, that was a pretty radical. Yeah. That she didn't, and she was a teacher. Mm. Uh, hmm. For she, she was a teacher. Wow. Um, but yeah, like I mean, like just knowing that she dedicated her life to a, a cause uh, that would impact women. Oh, yeah. um, and other women took it further to mm-hmm. where you know women did get the right to the vote, and and now it's more about. And all women, mm-hmm. women of all color, like all women have access right. to yeah. rights, and which that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, huh. uh, 
but but clearly, um, I guess it gives me the motivation as uh, as a woman mm-hmm. to you know pursue my purpose to to pursue and in this case it's my art mm-hmm. but at the same time um I did get married I did have a child mm-hmm. and who is now a, a young man mm-hmm. um so being able in my time to not have to say like well to have my independence right to, to live my purpose yeah. I can't have that right um you know I'm able to have that and yeah. and it's it's not, it's been a struggle to balance it all, mm. but at the same time, um, but also deciding when to have that. Right. Like, it's not like, like right from high school, mm. it's choosing, you know, that I had the choice to pursue a career mm-hmm. and when I was ready, get, get married or, and have a child, but all on my terms. Yeah. And, and so when I think of her, uh, I think that like grateful I am to be mm. in this here and now mm-hmm. with those being able to have those choices. I love that. I love that. So um, so who do you credit for where you are now? Mm. Well, I credit my mom mm-hmm. for recognizing my creativity. Mm-hmm. Um. And putting me in those art classes when I was oh, when yeah. I was uh, little, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I I credit my grandparents and you know and my dad mm-hmm. uh, for supporting me in the way that they could. Mm-hmm. And you know at this time, you know I I credit my husband and my son, you know, su- supporting me to pursue my art. Yeah. Um, wow. And then and this is a big one because this is a big one. And I think it's important to credit myself. Mm. Yeah. And and I and I think it's important for anybody. Like, yes, there are people that help you along the way, mm-hmm. and and never forget that. But you also have to credit yourself. Mm. And um, you know, I, I credit myself for somehow per- persevering, being adaptable. Um, it's it's taken a long time but mm-hmm. I, I didn't give up like I just held a vision yeah and um and it's it's been a process mm-hmm. and it's and I'm just I'm just so happy to be here in this moment Aww. sitting in my studio yeah um and just being able to think about art and make art I love it I love it so moving forward is there st- is there something you haven't yet tried that you would like to do? Hmm. Oh my goodness. Um. I th- I think I'm thinking about travel, you know, like traveling, yeah. because you know I have I just I'm very, of course, like my work is really inspired by places, mm. and so mm-hmm. like I'm just thinking I'm just thinking of a a place to travel. Cool. Where I could be inspired, and from that experience, you know, I would, you know, create a body of work. Yeah. So that, so that, that's, that's something I'm thinking about because you know the last, the last, you know, twenty plus years or whatever, it, or especially the last ten years, it's mm-hmm. been like sharing time between upstate New York, right, New York City, yeah, back and forth, back and forth. So it didn't give me a lot of room to go to, to explore other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be amazing. 
That would be so cool. So, okay. Um, so if anyone wanted to know more about you and your work, how would they go about it? Well, I do have an IG or Instagram account. Um, you could go to gg.stankavich.studio. And that's gg, the letter is just gg. And the last name spelling is S-T-A-N-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. And on there, I, I'm sharing my artwork. I also have another account that is Gigi's Art Lab. And that's where I share, like, the work of others um, that will come from the 141 space that I'll create that wow. I'm working on. Awesome. Great. So if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say go, gosh, go, I would, I would say take an art class. Hmm. Um, <laughs> like, <With that>. um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, knowing, knowing that I was creative, um, just just knowing to explore that more. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I would have found my way sooner. And, and oh, I'm yeah. grateful for where I'm at right now. I, I, I am. Right. But I think I would have found my way sooner to where I am yeah. had, I, had I taken art classes. Mm. I, I would have been, I would have known sooner that I was, an artist yeah yeah <laughs> for sure. so and if you could go back in time what advice would you give your younger self hmm. I would I would say to believe in yourself um, and and work hard I mean just because something is difficult doesn't mean you can't do it. It's not hard. You just have to work harder at it. Mm. And um, and sometimes when you're working hard at something, it can feel lonely. Mm. And, uh, you know, especially like being an artist, you, you do have these moments where you are alone a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's important to be aware that to, to go deep with, what you're doing you have to eliminate distractions wow yeah and so um, true. and understand yeah and and having that understanding mm. um and that ideas remain ideas until they're put into action i love that so Gigi, thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for sharing your story with me and my listeners and i so look forward to hearing more about your art and um, you know, going forward, what you have planned for your future initiatives. And I really appreciate you for saying yes and for reconnecting with me. It's really awesome. So, well, thank you, Tess. Um, I really have loved listening to your other podcasts and become a big fan. And I think oh, I'm really honored to be included among these amazing women that you've interviewed so thank you well you're you're part of that you know (laughs) especially with your line and your 
being a descendant of Susan B. Anthony, I mean, my goodness, how much more revolutionary can you be? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how can, can one be? But that's in spite of, in, in addition to all of that, you're really an incredible artist. And I love seeing your work. And I love that, you know, after so many years, we have reconnected. So I am so honored to have you and, and just be a part of your life again, you know? So. Thank you. Well, all right. Well, with that, have a great day, and I will speak with you soon. Take it easy. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Gigi Stankiewicz on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Women. You can listen to Revolutionary Women on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. <laughs>